Hi, my name is Joe Jackson. I'm a journalist, author, interviewer and broadcaster. And back in 1998, I wrote and presented on RTE Radio 1, Ireland's only national radio station at the time, a series of 26 one-hour documentaries focusing on the history of popular culture from 1945 to 1989. It was called The Years Go Pop, a title I didn't choose and didn't particularly like, even if it was, as someone pointed out to me, a pun on the phrase, the ears go pop. That's probably why I didn't like it. However, now, at the start of 2021, I've decided to make abridged versions of that series available as podcasts called Boom, the Joe Jackson history of popular culture. The boom in question was the dropping of the world's first atomic bombs in 1945. I've already uploaded as a podcast the first in the series focusing on that particular year. But for those who might prefer to hear what even I, all these years later, regard as some remarkable sound bites or even sound collages I put together for the series, I want to upload as part of what I call my singles series of podcasts running less than five minutes, some of those hugely historic news reports. What follows is what I call a little end-of-war threesome including Edward R. Murrow, Winston Churchill, and Eamon D. Valera, as Churchill called him. This is Piccadilly Circus, that rather small open space in the centre of London where in peacetime the traffic used to go round and round and then spill out into five separate streets. But believe me, tonight there is no traffic in Piccadilly Circus. I can remember this place when it was completely empty and you could read a newspaper by the light of the flares dropped by German bombers. There was a time when our bomber boys said that you could walk on the flax when you were flying over the Ruhr, and tonight you could walk on the heads of people all the way across Piccadilly Circus. Edward Orr Murrow, the doyen of American war reporting, telling us how easy it would be to walk over the heads of people in Piccadilly Circus on Victory in Europe Day. But back here in Ireland, President Dee Valera, as Winston Churchill called him, delivered a wonderful repast to the same gentleman, Churchill, who in his victory speech tried to stomp all over the stance of neutrality taken by the Irish government. Owing to the action of Mr. Dee Valera, so much at variance with the temper and instinct of thousands of southern Irishmen who hastened to the battlefront to prove their ancient valour, the approaches which the southern Irish ports and airfields could so easily have guarded were closed by the hostile aircraft and U-boats. This was indeed a deadly moment in our life. And if it had not been for the loyalty and friendship of Northern Ireland, we should have come to, we should have been forced to come to close quarters with Mr. de Valera or perish forever from the earth. Allowances can be made for Mr. Churchill's statement, however unworthy, in the first flush of his victory. No such excuse can be found for me in this quiet atmosphere. There are, however, some things which it is my duty to say, some things which it is essential to say. I shall try to say them as dispassionately as I can. Mr. Churchill makes it clear that in certain circumstances he would have violated our neutrality and that he would justify his action by Britain's necessity. It seems strange to me that Mr. Churchill does not see that this, if accepted, 
would mean that Britain's necessity would become a model code. And that when this necessity was sufficiently great, other people's rights were not to count. Hi, Joe Jackson here again. I thank you for listening to this particular edition of the Joe Jackson Interviews podcast. And remember, if you want to read any of the articles I wrote about popular culture, check out my website, joejacksoninterviewer.com. Thanks for listening.